it's time for the Moving the Chains podcast. Your home for high school football coverage in the Palmetto State. Every team, every game, every week. And now, your hosts, Kevin Thomas and John Epps. Alongside John Epps here from Moving the Chains, John, another great week of high school football last week. Round three had a lot of really good, bi- really big games, really good games. Now we're ready for round four, the upper state and lower state championships on the line. John, big football all across the state Friday night. Yeah, and some big time upsets last week. Uh, got some matchups here late in the year. Didn't expect to have. Yeah, certainly some teams that weren't the favorites going into uh, the playoffs that are still hanging around and still ready to uh, to make some noise here. I see we've got uh, Zach in here, Derek, Haley, Kevron, Chad, Patrick, Derek, appreciate you guys. Thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, let's see, we've got comments already. Kevron says, good evening. Let's go, Gray. Big win for them last week. We'll get in here in a second. Zach says, uh, what's going on, guys? Clinton didn't show up last week. Daniel beat him well. Yeah, yeah, Daniel certainly played well, and Clinton, like you said, is back on the map. They're, they're trending the right direction. Chris said, y'all ready for this week? It's going to go down. Yeah, man, the Indians and Vikings, we'll start here in a minute. That'll yeah, be a big yeah. one there. Patrick says, what's up? What's going on, Patrick? Chad said, let's go for D. Big, big matchup there as well. Derek says, what's up, guys? I don't know what to talk about. Talk about what at least wanted to chat in and chime in. Appreciate you, Jerry. Hey, man, we'll get some 1A here. I know you guys aren't in anymore, but there's still some big-time games going on this Friday night. But, John, if you guys are, are just tuning in the first time, appreciate it. Like our page, like our post, like our uh, Twitter page, our Instagram page, at Moving Chains. We do a recap show on Sundays over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, things like that. We do some cool interviews. We had one with Greg Cleavis, head coach, last week. We went really well. We got some other cool, cool stuff coming up for you guys here for the playoffs in. But, John... Let's get into the games now. 5A, Upper State Championship. We've got Gaffney traveling to Spartanburg, a rematch of Week 0. You know, Gaffney won that ball game 31-12. Raheem Jeter for Spartanburg did not play, John. Do we see something different happening this time, you think? Well, this is a much better Spartanburg team at this point in the season. Raheem Jeter, not only is he back, he's playing really, really good as well. We talked about at the beginning of the year, Spartanburg's defense was playing pretty strong, mm-hmm. um, and then the offense caught up. The offense has been very, very good. The last two weeks, they have knocked off two of the hottest teams in the playoffs coming out of Northeast Columbia, mm-hmm. knocking off Spring Valley, and then a hard-fought game against Ridgeview, uh, a good Ridgeview team. A Ridgeview team that he, they beat, who I thought was going to make some moves in Hillcrest a couple yep. weeks ago. So. Two very impressive wins. Spartanburg, not only have they been hot, they have beat the teams that have been hot. Yes, uh, yes. I think this is going to be a lot closer game than what we saw in Week Zero. I'm just not convinced they're good enough to beat Gaffney, though. You know, Gaffney had that close victory last week in overtime, 16-13 over Northwestern, a game where, you know, they really didn't get much going offensively. I know, uh, you know, Northwestern kind of stacked the box a little bit. 
really shut down Smith and Little John. Um, you know, Loftus didn't have his best game through air, didn't sound like. But Gaffney, like we mentioned last week, the defense has been very opportunistic. So, special teams, I know, I think uh, Northwestern, I think, muffed a punt and snapped the ball over the punter's head. It led to some Gaffney points both times. And I think just overall, the defense, though, had a really good ball game against Will Madison. I know that Richard ran for over 100 yards, maybe, you know, close to 150. But holding them to 10 points in, in regulation is a big time point for the Indians. Well, they held them to, yeah, held them to 10 points in regulation. And then, and at, most of you guys are probably familiar with overtime rules in high school football. If you're not, you start at the 10 yard It's just like college, but instead of starting at 25, you start at the 10 yard line. And to hold a Will Madison led offense mm-hmm. to three points, and got a 10 yard line to give up three points. And then uh, we listened to the, the end of yeah of the overtime period for Gaffney, you know they had what one penalty maybe two penalties where they were they scored a touchdown yep a penalty brought it back out very next play I think they got down to the one yep and scored and then got it in yeah. to win the game um and I feel like we talk about it week after week mm-hmm. where we we talk about Gaffney and we go well, special teams had another big play mm-hmm. and you know it sounds like oh well you know Northwestern snapped the ball overhead. Well, at some point, it becomes a habit and not yeah. just by chance. There's a reason that they are causing these mistakes on special teams. And I'll tell you what, that's how you win ball games sometimes, especially close games against really good competition. That's how you have to do it. Yeah, one thing I do like about Spartanburg, to focus on him for a second, you know, the Jeter kid is back and playing super well. But along with him, so is Drake Carter. The running back is back. He's been doing well. And their receiving core, I thought they have a different guy each week step up, whether it's Danton or it's Richardson or it's Singh or whoever. Jeter's got a lot of weapons out there. Mark Hodge has done a good job developing some talent around them there. And like Curtis mentioned here in the chat, Spartanburg is hot. They haven't lost since week four against Dutch Fork. They lost their first <laughs> two games. They lost to Gaffney, lost to Malden right off the bat, you know, lost to Dutch Fork earlier. But then they've just had a string of wins here lately. The Vikings are playing some very good ball. And you've got to think that they're going to see what Northwestern did and even what, you know, if you look back off what Clover did, Clover did to, to Gaffney, where they made them pass it, really kind of stack the box there, made Loftus beat them, and shut down Smith and Littledown. You think Swarmer's going to do the same thing, but I would think that Loftus is going to have a little bit better game this, this week, I would assume. Yeah, and, you know, let's give Northwestern some credit, too. They mm-hmm. we saw them play. They do have a very good defense. They do. They are a very disciplined team. Um, them shutting down Gaffney, as we say shutting them down, giving up 10 points in regulation, and really, the one touchdown was on a short field with the, the special teams play. Uh, Northwestern's got great defense. Mm-hmm. I think Spartanburg can play. They can play defense. I, I'm not ready to say Spartanburg's defense is better than theirs, though. Right, I agree. I agree. But I do like Coach Hodge, and the fact that you you got that on film now, because mm-hmm. um, I don't know who else has stopped Gaffney this year no as one. well as Northwestern did last year. No one really. Um, yeah. So you know that's something they got that on film. They've got that fresh. And the big thing is. Playing with a ton of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, their best two games are their last two games that they've played. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with you there. You know, they, and, and, hey, Gaffney can probably say, hey, you know what? Our best game might have been last week, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Northwestern had a very good chance to upset them. Uh, and I think Northwestern still, even with the loss, one of the best teams in the state. So that's a very, very good win for Gaffney to find a way. Yeah, a couple comments here. Chris said this is going to be a slobber knocker. Spartanburg is better because Jeter's back 100% agree there. Um, Patrick said they swallowed him in the back but at least twice in OT against Northwestern there. And get Chris said this game is special. They're playing for each other. 
Yeah, that that team they are man. You, you listen to the post interview, you know, last week with Loftus and Bullet talked about how much of a family these guys are and how well together they are. Really cool to see them playing this type of ball. I do want to mention this comment here from Patrick that he told me about earlier today. The Indians they're taking the whole town to Spartanburg, John. I love uh, it. As of right now, the rumor is Gaffney has about seventeen thousand dollars in ticket sales for the visitor side. Whoa. Spartanburg's only sold, sold about $4,000 on their side. No So uh, the Indians may take over Viking Stadium here Friday night over in Spartanburg. Uh, you know, I know a lot of times the home fans may wait a little bit to buy them or whatever. They better hurry up or Gaffney's going to buy them okay. all. <laughs> okay. So that'll be fun to see. You know, Gaffney always travels super well. Going to be a great crowd. That's what, you know, you love to see. We saw it last week with Everville and Gray. Just great turnouts on both sides. You know, this time of the year, if you guys, you know, you may not have gone to a game earlier in the year, but this time of the season, everybody wants to go. The The crowds are awesome. They really get behind the team. It's really cool to see. I've got to take Gaffney in this ballgame. Um, I think that Northwestern probably is a little better than Spartanburg. So I think Gaffney may be past the, the already, already the toughest test in upper state. We'll see. But I like the Indians here uh, maybe in a 10-point or so game. Now, how much do you put any kind of variance on getting to play at the reservation, having to go on the road? However... It might, matter, be, right, it might yeah. be four to one yeah. in the stands. So yeah. it, it may be a reservation over in Spartanburg. That's right. That's right. And I mean, this was a, it was a 19 point game in week one or week zero. Spartanburg kind of hung around there. Uh, Gaffney still kind of were finding their footing a little bit. And obviously, no Jeter there. But I still think Gaffney is the better football team. I think they win this game at home. I think so, too. I think it's going to be another close game. I think it's going to be a one score game. I think, um, I tell you, if I, had to, if I had to guess the script, mm-hmm. Gaffney makes a big play late yeah. to win the game. Yeah, special teams possibly. Maybe on special teams. <laughs> could be, could be. There was a, I do mention this too, one thing that, that I saw, um, I wasn't at the game obviously, but Northwestern had a chance to kick a field goal late in the game and decided to go for it on fourth down. I think it would have been a 40-something yarder, and they've got a really good kicker going NC State. People were kind of upset they didn't decide to kick it there, but anyway, whatever, that you move on, Gaffney wins the ball game. A couple more comments here from Zach. How did Buford, Buford upset under Myrtle Beach? I'd like to know We'll get that to that too. in a little bit here. Uh, Amy says the Red Raiders are ready to play. Big matchup for Green. But Chody says Green Matt, great matchup to across the state. Exactly right about that. Uh, so let's go Bluff. We'll get the Silver Bluff game here in a little bit as well. Big games all, all night long to talk about here. But, John, let's move into the lower state 5A here. The game that people have been waiting for in lower state all season long. That's Dutch Fork traveling to Fort Dorchester. Dutch Fork, uh, 49-21 victory over Sumter. A little bit close than some people thought it was going to be. It was a one-score game there, there for a little bit in the second half. Fort Dorchester really shut down Lexington 30-8. to eight. It was 16-0 going into the fourth. I think uh, Lexington scored and got two right before the fourth quarter started and then couldn't get much after that. Fort Dorchester, that defense is playing very well, John. I don't know if they're playing well enough, though, to be Dutch Fork. Yeah, you know... I thought Sumter last week was the best defense that Dutch Fork has played all year. Um, mm-hmm. as, as good as Fort Dorchester is, I don't know if their defense is better than Sumter's. Um, and as good as Sumter's defense is, and they were in the game for a, a good part of the game, Dutch Fork still scored 49 points on them. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think Fort Dorchester is going to have a really hard time keeping Dutch Fork under four mm-hmm. in this game. And, and I like – I like Fort Dorchester. I think they got a good. I think they got a really good offense. Too. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think they have the firepower to be able to score forty points in this game. And I think they got they got to score that much to win. I just don't think they have it. Yeah, you know, Dutch Fork. We know about the guys: Davin Patterson, Jarvis Green, Antonio Williams. Just got a Clemson offer this weekend. I'm sure he'll be playing, playing. You know, Ryan Howell for that. 
These guys are averaging, I think, 55 a game, John, and that's without their starters playing most of the second half in most of these games. That offense has a ton of firepower there. But then the defense with guys like Perry, they can really get it done too. North or uh, Fort Dorchester, I love Zoltan Osborne. You know, the quarterback, big-time fan of him. Like Chad mentioned here, Davion Joyner, another big game. He's played very well for them outside. He's kind of an X factor. You know, he's a guy that I feel like didn't do a ton early in the year, but he's really come on late for them. Uh, defensive line, they've got the uh, Demetrius Watson there committed to Carolina, big-time D lineman. They're going to have to get some stops, but I think, honestly, like you said, it's going to come down to Kenny outscore them, and Zoltan Osborne's going to have to have a big-time day to make that happen. Yeah, and, you know, you got to get some turnovers, too. Yeah. Um, Dutch Fort, they're just they're just relentless mm-hmm. uh, on on both sides, and really we don't talk enough about the defense at Dutch yeah. Fort. You know, it, it's fun to talk about um, you know the running back Jarvis and, and Antonio Williams on the outside, but this defense is really they they are big, they're mm-hmm. fast, and they they hit you. Uh, we saw some great hitting down at Fairfield Central between Gray and Gray yes. and Abbeville. Yes, and I tell you what, but it, it reminded me of that Dutch Fort Burn team went to earlier this year. I mean, Dutch Fort just. They're just punishing. They, they play like men out there yep. you know, on defense. They hit you hard. I, I'd love to see Fort Dorch actually make a great game of this. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think this is a ball game, uh, and Chad mentions it here, or Star Patrick mentions it here. They're going to have to play four quarters at some point. I think this is the game they may have to. I think uh, Fort D can put some pressure on them. I don't know if they can win, um, but I think they can keep it close enough to make Dutch Fort have to play a full ball game. Okay. I think I think Zoltan Osborne's got a big game. He's a junior. This is really his time to kind of step in the limelight and shine here. I think Fort D puts up a really good fight here, but I've got to lean, got to lean Dutch Fort until somebody knocks them off. Yeah, and I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Fort Dorchester have a good game. I'd love to see Osborne shine. Um, hey, you want to set yourself as a a big time player? This is the stage you can do it. Yes, right yes, here. it is. But I think we're both going Dutch Fort there in five A. John, uh, I forgot to put up our little bracket there. I made just a cool bracket. Oh, yeah, put it, put it back oh, no. up. I'll, we'll put it up, put it up for a second. Here I'll we go. There we go. We got yeah. the Vikings and the Indians and, uh, and the uh, Patriots and the Silver Fox is going at it there. But a couple more viewers here. I see Mike's in here, Zach, Chad, Chris, Thomas, Caleb, Shay. Appreciate you guys. Tyler's in here, Cedric, Tori. Appreciate you guys checking us out. Like I said, like our video, like our page here, and tell your friends there. John, let's look down at 4A now. And this one right here, this may be maybe my favorite matchup in the state this week. That's Greenville traveling to South Point. You know, Greenville had a little bit of a scare last week. You know, the final score of that Irmo game was 42-23, to 23, but they were actually trailing 23-21 at halftime there to Irmo. And then they shut them out 21 up in the second half. Pro Franklin, big game. Josh Sapp, four touchdowns again. They really got it going with him out of that kind of Wildcats doing really, very well for him. And we say it every week, so much talent. Whitner on defense, Schuler, uh, Gentile on defense. On offense, you got Franklin and Kelly and Mazio Bennett and Tyler Brown and Josh Sapp and Glee Collin and Jabril Prepepper and Colin Sadler. Fucking had his name 20 people right there. So much talent there on offense for Greenville and defense as well there. But South Point, man, they are a perennial powerhouse. They keep rolling. They beat a very good Greenwood team 30-20 last week, a game that I thought Greenwood had a really good chance to win. But I'll tell you what, that quarterback, Zay McCrory, Needs to be talked about more. He is a big time player. He's a big kid, John. He rushed around seven yards. I think probably threw it through some couple deep bombs there. I love what Generet does outside. I think this could be a, a just a big time shootout Friday night. I think South so Point. too. I, I think both teams are going to want to throw the ball. They they both have great quarterbacks mm-hmm. and a lot of weapons on the outside. 
I think both teams are thinking, hey, if we want to beat the other one, we got to be able to throw the ball. Yeah. We got to be able to throw the ball. We got to make some big plays. And I think they're going to come in bunches too. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a really high scoring game. Um, and Greenville's playing just really, really good football. They are. That, you know, we were just waiting for them to stub their toe down in Columbia against the Falcons, against AC4. They didn't do it. They, when they had to make a play, when they had to play big, they did it late in the game. They they got that win. And then last week, I was expecting a very, very close game. And the fact that Greenville said, hey, we're going to stick with our with our guys that we know that can really play. You know, we're going to put the ball in Sapp's hands. Mm-hmm. And we're going to say, hey, we're the better team. We're the better team. And Armo's a very good team. Yeah. I think people can say they're better play. than Armo. Even worrying those guys can get yeah. it done. Um, so I, I think I'm impressed with the way that Greenville won. Mm-hmm. The fact that they came back, they shut them out in the second half. That, that's a big, big-time deal. But Southland's a different animal. Yeah. Southland's a different animal. I mean, to, to go back-to-back weeks – to blow out Lawrence, a Lawrence team that I I'm, I will go to the grave. I think the 21 Lawrence team is a very, very good team. To blow them out like they did, and then to win by 10 over Greenwood last week, um, that's very, very impressive. I think South Point, I, it sounds weird to say that someone's better than Greenville right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's South Point, though. I'd say what the key to this game may be, John, and that's offensive line play. You know, the game we saw, Greenville Northwestern, they couldn't block anybody up front. Greenville could not, and right. Franklin got hit all night long. Even in the AC4 game, he got hit a ton, but they had a little better game plan as far as rolling him out and whatnot, giving some more time there. And we know that South Point has A.J. Miller on the defensive line, a really good prospect defensive end there, big-time player. Let me flip it over. In the one game South Point lost to Spring Valley, 14-7, to I believe it was, they gave up, I think it was, nine sacks. So if you want to beat South Point, you got to pressure the quarterback as well. Greenville has some guys there that can get it done. Gentile and, and Schuler and those guys, you know, I think it comes down to maybe who could pass block a little bit better, get those, give their quarterbacks the extra second to find somebody because they've got both got guys weapons that that'll get loose with Jennerette and Bennett and those guys on both sides of the ball. So depends on who can pass block a little bit more. I think I'm going to go Greenville. I like what they're doing a little, a little bit more weapons, a few more weapons on offense I think than what South Point has. But in, this could be literally. 38-35, last second, who gets the ball last type victory. This will be a fun game to be at right here for sure. This will be a very, very fun win. I'll tell you, whoever wins it absolutely deserves it for sure. Yeah. And I think they got a really good shot at winning next week in Columbia too. Yeah, Rashodi says Greenville South Point is a great matchup. May go to overtime. Exactly right, man. It could be super high scoring there. Um, and, and, you know, down there at South Point, never easy place to play. But I'm leaving the Red Raiders in a, in a close one here, I think, John. Let's look down now at lower state for a – Two teams that going into the playoffs we certainly did not expect to see at this point. That's uh, the two-seed Beaufort, the two-seed Beaufort Eagles, and the, what was West Florence here? They were the three-seed, correct? The three-seed West Florence Knights here. Beaufort will be hosting this ball game, fresh off the heels of a 20-19 upset over Myrtle Beach. And if you guys didn't see uh, what happened there in that game, Kind of wild. Uh, I don't know if I agree with it there. Uh, you know, Myrtle Beach scores late uh, with the Adam Randall touchdown to make it 219. They line up to kick the extra point. Buford jumps off sides. They decide to go for it, and they run kind of a picket fence formation, water bucket formation, whatever you guys want to call it, where they got you know the lineman snapping to the quarterback and a running back, receiver two out wide right, and then all the linemen and one receiver out left. They snap it to him. He rolls right. Nobody's there. Gets pressure, throws it around. Just didn't even come close there to making that happen. But, you know, hats off to Buford. A very good defensive performance there. 
Um, you know, Holdenburg beats to, to three scores is super impressive there. And I like what they're doing on special teams. They had two big punt returns from Hunter Rask. Hunter Rask. One went for all the way for a touchdown to get him on the board early. Another, another one set up a later touchdown there. The Eagles are playing some great ball. You flip it over to West Florence there. 31 to 20 victory over or 30 to 21 victory over Hartsville. A game they had to come back in to win. They were down early there. Those guys we talked about earlier in the year, John, their defense has played great all season long. You know, they they held Myrtle Beach to 14. They're playing some really good good defense there, Coach Jennerette. But the offense is a little bit of a worry. But it feels like the offense kind of caught up as well. Yeah, you know, they've been playing really good. Hartsville, I thought, was one of the hottest teams in Lower State mm-hmm. coming into last week's game. And, and West Florence found a way to win the game, win the game by 10. Mm-hmm. Um, comeback. It was a huge comeback for them as well in the second half. I mean, at, I wasn't super impressed when the week before against South Aiken. That, that game was a little bit closer yeah. than I thought it would be. But the fact is, they got a, such a good defense. Mm-hmm. They they can afford to to sputter a little bit offensively because that defense is so good. Um, and, and hey, they still scored thirty one last week. Not like they were just kicking it around. Right. Um, they've been strong all year. They took a little bit of a lull um, toward the end of the year. They kind of dropped a little bit, but um, they're a great team. Let's you know. Going into the playoffs, they were the number 16 in the state. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they played a super tough region. Yeah, yeah. That's why they were such a lower seed. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they've played very well. And, gosh, I, I think I think they're probably the better team in this game. But you look at what Buford's done. And, and what I'm super impressed with, I see that if you look up the two-point play at Myrtle Beach Ring, you'll cringe. <laughs> it, it's not Not good. the play I would have ran, but I'm not the head coach. And obviously. they didn't have the numbers going for them on the, the right side of the field. Uh, it, it just looked like it was going to have a very, very low chance of working. And, well, it wasn't even very close. Yeah. But to even force Myrtle Beach, that good of a team, and how good they have been playing, to even force them in that decision to say, we got to go win this game right now. Mm-hmm. That's big time. That's big time. I, I can't go against Buford in this game. They're tough. I mean, they're playing so well. But, you know, West Florence is really running the ball well. I think that's what they're, you know, what they've done well has kind of got that offense going. Deuce Hudson, Terry McKith, and those guys are really getting it on the ground. And that's a great match for a good defense in a running game. That, yeah. that travels well in the playoffs. It does so well in the playoffs. But I think you're right, John. Buford at home, you got to give them an edge. Because it's not, not an easy place to go to down there. I mean, it's a long it's trip a long for West Lawrence to get there. Ride. You know, we kind of written Buford off after they lost to May River early in the year. Like, ah, oh, you know, that's, the, that's those guys, whatever. But they've really impressed me the last few weeks with their victories. Over uh, North Augusta, a big victory there. Rule them out. Great victory over a good South Florence team. And then just follow up at Myrtle Beach. They're playing some great football. And I think the special teams are a key. I mentioned the RAS kill, the punt returns there. If you get a, a big special teams play, I mentioned the Gaffney Spartanburg game. If you can do something big on special teams this time of the year, huge. You, huge. You know, the AC Floor Greenville game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the young Nelson uh, yep. take back a, fit, a punt. Lofton, Lofton. Lofton. Yeah. Take back a punt late in that fourth quarter. And we're thinking, boy, that's going to seal it. Mm-hmm. And I. Greenville won the game, but they fought that forced Greenville to get the length of the field yep. on that ensuing drive and scored to, to go ahead. But um, special teams is so big. It's so such a luxury to have a, a weapon back there to be able to put that mm-hmm. kind of pressure on a, on a defense and give your give your offense a short field, um, especially against a good West Smarts defense. That certainly could be a, a difference maker Friday, too. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to tell you, Buford, I think, in a close one. How about you? I think we'll take Buford, too. Take a Buford, uh, as well. This is a game where, yeah, I feel so wishy-washy. Like, hey, I won't be surprised if West Florence wins. Yep. But, um, you know, Buford, they didn't have the greatest region. They didn't have the greatest mm-hmm. schedule. But they played some good teams in the playoffs, and they've, they've taken care of business every single week. 
Seriously. No doubt about that. At no some point, that. at some point, we got to buy in, right? That's right. Yeah, I know. Now, now's the time. I haven't seen Jimmy in here yet. I'm sure he'll 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 give us some feedback on uh on what those guys are doing down there at Buford. But I think they're certainly certainly plays a good ball. I like those guys to to win that ball game there. John, do you want to give a quick shout out to our friends here before we get too far along in the program? The George Agency has been serving insurance needs of Tucker for over 40 years now. Bradley, Wayne, Richard, and the crew, if you guys need insurance for yourself, if you don't have it through your company or if you're a small business owner, give them a buzz as well. TheGeorgeAgency.net, located in Mullins and Maryland, they've got a, clients all across the state, Aiken, Rock Hill, Greer, Charleston, wherever they can help you guys out, Columbia as well. So definitely reach out to them while open enrollment is going on now until, I think, January 15th. So check out those guys at TheGeorgeAgency.net. And then our friends over at Secured Advantage Federal Credit Union, they have a clear purpose to prove financial lives of their members. They offer much lower loan rates and don't charge the fees that other banks do. Whatever your personal journey, Security Advantage is here to offer you smart financial solutions. Join today at securityadvantage.com. Win at banking, thrive at life, member NCUA. If you guys want to get involved with the program, like we said last week, let us know. We're looking for some, some help to go cover the state championship games down in Columbia. Need some hotel and tickets because apparently we're not big time enough to get passes yet, John. Uh, we only cover the sport every week like nobody else does. But, hey, I mean, what, what do we know? What do we know? So, We'll keep fighting that battle each year until it actually actually happens for us. But love to love to get some help to hopefully get down to Columbia and cover those great ball games here next week. But John, let's look down now at three A. Uh, upper state here. We've got Chester heading to Daniel. Boy, oh boy, John, the Lions woke up last week. They certainly did. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, uh, a fifty-two to seven victory over Clinton. A team that we thought was very good, the Clinton Red Devils. They are very good. Um, Daniel just took them behind the woodshed, you know. And from looking at that game, one thing that we talked about, John, right back from, from Gray and Abbeville last week, is that last year when Daniel was just smoking people and beating people, blowing them out, the Camden game or whatever, after a year, you know, second ship, whatever it was, they were hitting a lot of long pass plays. You know, maybe it wasn't throwing it 70 yards in the air, but it was maybe throwing it 30 and then breaking four or five tackles going 50, 60 plus. They didn't have much this year. Till Friday night. I think they had a 40-plus yarder, a 50-plus yarder, and a 70-plus yarder on the first half. The Lions got it working offensively. Trent Pierman had it going on. I think he slung two of those to Eli Merck. I think Myson Kelly caught another one there. You know, they're going to be tough to beat, John. Looking over at Chester, they continue to roll, man. They've gotten hot at the right time. I think they're they're 9-3 and three or so or so in the season. Didn't even win their region. But they played some great football, knocking off Chapman a couple weeks ago. Knocking off previously unbeaten Powdersville last week, 35-18. to Now, I know Powdersville didn't have Thomas Williams. That's a tough loss there uh, to not have him. But they still have some, some talent with Hudgens and Tank Slade, Drake Sloan, those guys, Jalen Rambert. Their quarterback is great. Yeah, yeah. And this is a, a game that, that Powdersville took an early lead after a pick six from Slade. Um, but then they couldn't get any closer than a 10-point game the rest of the way. And Chester just really ran the ball behind Zan Dunham. I think he ran for touchdowns. This is going to be a really fun game, John, because it's kind of contrasting styles there with offenses and defenses, what they want to do on running the ball and passing the ball. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Chester, they just beat the two teams that we thought were going to give Daniel the most trouble here in this upper upper state bracket, uh, aside from maybe Laura Richardson, who, who Clinton knocked off in a, an ex- excellent game. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Chester, boy, they are – they're kind. Of, I almost feel like they're kind of like Buford, where, you know, they just keep winning. They weren't great. Mm-hmm. You know, Chester went great in the regular season. This is a team that wasn't in the top ten during the playoffs, but they continue to win. And, and we also realized, okay, wow, that region was really, really good. Yeah, that they were in. Uh, I think Lower Richmond turned out to be the the ones. Yeah, Lower Richmond yep. won that won that region. 
This is a really good team, and I am I'm as impressed with that Powersville win last week, uh, winning that 17, 35-18 game, as I am with them beating Chapman on the road the week prior. I think Daniel's going to have to do exactly what they did against Clinton last yeah. week. Um, they got to hit some big plays over the top. Um, they got to do what they do it. We thought they would be doing all year. They haven't had to, um, but they may have to here in this game. Gosh, I'd love to see Chester pull an upset because it's just it's a good story. They've been playing so good here the last few weeks. I just don't see after what Daniel did last week. I just don't see uh, Cyclones being able to knock them off. Yeah, like we mentioned, Zan Dunham, the quarterback, really good athlete, likes to run it more than he throws it. I think he threw it 15 times, 16 times last week. And in contrast, he ran it, you know, 20 plus for 185 and, and three touchdowns. But that's what he likes to do. They got a good running back, McCullough, there. The defense is kind of led by Hopkins, Moss, and Jackson. And Jackson's a key here. He's a really good defense. I think he had three sacks last week. So if you want to shut down a big passing attack like Trent Pierman and Daniel Lyons, you got to get pressure. They need a big, a big game from Moss there. And uh, sorry, yeah. Austin and Jackson. Powersville has a good offensive line, too. They do. They do. They do. Daniel, like I said, they just kind of woke up last week, John. I don't know if Chester can slow down enough. I think a key for Chester to get in the early lead. You know, yes. kind of kind of like we talked about with, with the triple option teams and whatnot. But if Chester can get up early on you and Dunham can just start kind of pounding on you a little bit, run that clock a little bit, maybe get up 10 points at some point, I think that's Chester's best shot. But I'm still leaning Daniel here, and they may win this game by a couple scores, if not yeah. more. Yeah, I. And that's kind of where I'm leaning to. I think Daniel's just that good if they can keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. They can they can stay hot um, offensively because if they don't, they, they're going to have to. They're going to yeah. have to because Cheshire is that good, um, and you know they got everything going their way right now. It's going to be a really. I think I'm hoping it's going to be a really good game, but it's one of those games where yeah, I could see Cheshire keeping it close, but I could also see Daniel just blowing them out. I don't. Cheshire's not going to blow them. No, I don't think so either. If it's lopsided, so it's going to be. In favor of the Lions. I think it does help in Chester's favor that they played Chapman two weeks ago. So they pay, they faced a passing offense. And even Powderville teams like to throw, down, throw around a little bit. That may help some with what Daniel does. I think Daniel is just a different animal from some of those teams there. And they're just so, it's you know, I don't know if there's a more experienced team in the state, especially that's this talented. Mm-hmm. You know, Eli Merck, Trent Pierman, they did this exact same thing last year. Uh, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They've been here before. Um, not just the team, but your main players mm-hmm. have been here before. Um, Lawson as well on the defensive line. Yep. You know these guys. Griffin Bat, all those guys. Yeah, they, these guys are very, very familiar with the situation. And, and Chester, you know, in their own right, they are too. But Daniel's got the ring. You know, yeah, they are. Uh, they are the team to beat, and they. And I think they're going to come in um, very confident, very, uh, very even keel. Yep. And yeah, I, I expect Daniel to put this one away. But hey. We'll see. We were wrong a lot last week, too. So, right. who knows? A couple comments here. Ryan says, nobody touching Daniel. Zach says, wants to give a shout-out to the Newberry College Wolves for taking down the reigning D2 National Champions and going to the playoffs. Very big, cool. Big win for Newberry. I saw cool. that, actually. He said, Daniel broke Clinton Boy's backs when they scored in the first and 25 early in the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's tough there. Yikes. Rashodi says, Daniel versus Dylan for 3A. I could see that certainly happen, possibly. Zach says that Daniel, Daniel Diggins played like they did last week. They won about three scores or more. Yeah, that was an impressive performance. We don't talk enough about that, that defense. Uh, Holden Clinton to, to seven is very impressive there. Um, and then I think that's all we got. A couple new viewers here, April and Venture and Tim and Thomas and Ryan. And appreciate you guys, Verdarius, getting in here. But, John, let's look now at, at lower state 3A. A good old matchup here. Two, uh, two teams that know each other fairly well, I feel like, here. 
And that's the Dillon Wildcats traveling to take on the Canyon Bulldogs at Zemp Stadium, John, in the game that you're probably going to be at. I may be at it. We'll see here, John. Just first thoughts on this heavy-hitting, heavyweight matchup. It's going to be two really good defenses. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and, and I still – I feel like I still don't know a ton about Dillon yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Oceanside win was a, a great win last week. But – that was the first team, you know, a lot of people really like Crestwood. They played a couple weeks ago. Yep. Um, they haven't been super tested yet. And I don't know if it's the competition or, boy, are they really that good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cannon, they have played good defense all season. Uh, last week came from behind. This is a common theme from last week. Came from behind mm-hmm. against Brooklyn Casey. That game, they had to go on the road, I believe. They did, to the uh, cage. Went to the cage there and knocked off the Bearcats 27-24. That is super impressive to come back against that team. And, uh, you know, hey, they didn't play great offense. They didn't play great defense. They just made plays when they had to to win that ball game. Um, very, very impressive. I think Dylan's the better team. You know, you look at Alvin Press last week. We talked about all year how good the Cameron defense has been. You know, Xavier McLeod and those guys could have shut everybody down. The offense... I know that 27 is not a ton of points, but that's, I mean, that's where they've been scoring a lot of times. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I was impressed with the offense. What they did. I think they scored a couple times uh, in the second half. The quarterback's kind of finding his foot in a little bit there. They canned it. I like what they're doing. The defense obviously know about that, but dealing a lot of firepower. You know, Jack Grider, three touchdowns last week, I think it was. Nemo Squire, two touchdowns there. They've got the Brave Boy kid playing defense, had, a, I think, a turnover, a pick six, something like that last week. A lot of athletes there for the Nash Cats. We know that, John. And that win over Oceanside was very impressive, impressive to me. I thought Oceanside was a good football team. And, and they've been playing, just, Oceanside's been playing a lot better football lately, yeah. too. And Dylan just destroyed them 35-10, to 10, not even close. And the defense is, like I said, they, they're causing a lot of chaos, where it's not just three and out. They're, they're causing turnovers, which are big this time of year. And they're such an aggressive. They're all, every, and I know they have the new coach this year. Mm-hmm. Coach Roller. But yeah. they are still they, – they fly around. They play an aggressive style of football. Um, very in your face. They press you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's going to, I think that could be a problem for Camden. Um, but I tell you what, playing in Zep Stadium, it should be a packed house. Yeah, a lot of all-field advantage there for the, for the Bulldogs. Coach Fremp gets his guys in a, in a very good mindset. Here's another team. Hey, they were there last year. They know what to do in these kind of situations. They've got the coaching and the leadership to, to get these kids ready for this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is still a little bit new for the, yeah, the Dillon staff. Um, so I, it's going to be a great. This is going to be the toughest, toughest team that Dillon has played this year. Yep. I think by maybe a long shot. Um, I, I think Cannon is Cannon is very legit. But I tell you what, I just don't see Dillon's used to going to Columbia. They're yeah. used to it, and you know what? They're also used to is getting to play this game at home. <laughs> and I, I bet there's going to be a little bit of a extra something for the yeah. for the Wildcats to want to win this game, having to go on the road. I, I hope it's going to be a great game. This could be, we talk about Greenville South Point, it could be a shootout. This could be a low-scoring, yeah. hard-nosed defensive game. This is going to be a really fun one, too. Yeah, Ryan says he got, he's got he got Dylan winning. He says the Dylan D is thin, but they don't break. They disrupt. George says Daniel versus Camden, and Camden's going to win. So he's got, Daniel, he's got Camden winning this week and beating Daniel here. I tell you, this is a game here, I think, John, where Camden's out-of-conference scheduling helps them out. You know, two of their games they played, they played uh, AC Flora, and they played... Great collegiate. Both those teams have great running backs. What does Dylan have? Great running backs. They faced Casey Adams. They faced Markel Townsend. And they held 
Markel down pretty well. You know, Casey still got his numbers. Obviously, is, is great. Won that ball game there. AC won, but it's only three to nothing there. Yeah. But you know, I think I lean a little bit towards Dylan just because they have a little more offense than what Camden does. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that Camden, you know, they're going to probably need to score. 21, 24 points to win. And I don't know if I see them doing that against this Dillon defense. I tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if neither one of them scores one. Really? Uh, I think it could be that low scoring game. I think these defenses are really, really good. We talked about the cloud mm-hmm. on the Cannon side. That defensive line is very, very good. Um, you know, they they get after you right there at the point of attack. Uh, it's going to be a great game. But I agree with you. I think the, the offense at Dillon is a little bit further along. Than, than Camden, but it, this would be a much easier decision if it was between the White Walls. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's a huge, huge home field advantage. Camden's got a very good home field advantage um, mm-hmm. in their own right. That's that's an intimidating place to go to. It's yeah. gonna be a it's gonna be a really fun game. Let's look now down at two A. Everybody's favorite classification here, John. For all the chat is in the Facebook group, that's, right. that's for sure. And in Upper State, we've got the Newberry Bulldogs taking on the Gray Collegiate War Eagles at Fairfield Central High School. John, we've got, this is a rematch from a game from just a couple weeks ago. Uh, Gray Collegiate won that ball game 56-29 to in that first meeting. Newberry coming off a 26-24 victory over Christchurch where they had to come from behind as well. They were down another theme of the week, like you said there. They score late uh, and kind of win that ball game there. And Coach Strickland has those guys playing some great ball. They're wanting to play for him and and keep going and, and whatnot. But they've got the Fs guy and the Chalmers kid and the Sims guy. Great collegiate. What can you say, John? We know what they've got there. Everywhere. They they've got, got running back KZ Adams, quarterbacks, plural, Trey Robinson, Riley State. And they got the Johnson kid and the Harris kid outside. Offensive line is great. Defensive Tory Kelly and uh, Zach Glenn and those guys, Davion Johnson. Town over the field for Gray. Newberry. Does playing that first matchup help them out any, John? Can they do anything to, to hang with the War Eagles you hear? I think it. I think the fact that they have played already helps Newberry more than it helps Gray. Um, I, I think you, you understand where Gray is really good, and unfortunately for Newberry, it's just not everywhere on the football field. Yeah. Um, I, I think it does help Newberry a little bit to have, to have seen them before, but gosh, if you guys have gone out and seen Casey Adams play, what do you do? There, there's not a... I mean, you can Abbeville stacked the box last week. They didn't really let Gregor on the ball at the middle, but they're just so well coached. You know, Robinson yeah. on the the reads where he took it, and the rest of the defense goes with KV, and he's thirty yards downfield. Um, and there's just there's too much to defend for Newberry um, for them to be able to win this game. I like the talent they got on offense. Mm-hmm. I think the what they have on offense, especially with Chalmers. They're good enough on offense to score points on Gray. I think they can score some points on. I mean, they scored I think 29, 26 in the in the first match yep. up there. Yeah, I think that was the most that's been scored against Gray besides anybody not named Gaffney all year long. Yeah, so I mean, they, they, they can score. Mm-hmm. They can score. Um, but I think with Newberry, I think you have to try to take the air out of the ball a little bit. Yeah, if you want to have a chance in this one, and, and just don't don't let Gray have the ball as much. You know, just try to. Try to weed out some possessions, and Abbeville kind of tried to do that last week. Um, each team only had one possession in the first quarter. Just had some turnovers but, to kill. Uh, yeah, had two turnovers or just just leave them. That's one thing Newberry cannot do. You cannot yeah. turn the football over. But Gray's just too much. They're Look at the stats uh, from that first meeting, fifty six to twenty nine. Gray wins it. KZ rushed for a ho hum three sixteen. No big deal there. Um, 
But yeah, like you mentioned with with what they're doing on offense and how well they're playing, they rushed for four hundred plus last week. It wasn't just KZ. Okay. He, he went for three twenty two. Yeah. Talking about uh, great, great. Went for three twenty two. KZ did. And then Robinson went for another one hundred fifteen twenty. And when he can also pull it, like you said, and make big plays, becomes almost unstoppable there on the offensive side. I know he has uh, he had a thumb issue, had it taped up. So you wonder if maybe we see more of Riley State and throwing the ball because we don't know what Trey can do with that thumb issue. But the way that he's running it, the way that KZ's running it, it's tough for anybody to stop them. You know, and I think, like you said, I don't know if it's really coming up with a game plan on defense. Like I think it's just you know what they're going to get, and you hope you can stop them once or twice. You got to hope that your offense doesn't get stopped. Is the key I think for Newberry. Yeah, you know, we talked about how good that Abbeville defense was. I mean, gosh, I don't think they really did anything wrong. You know, it's you got a guy like KZ. You got to key in on him a little mm-hmm. bit. You got to kind of you got to cheat a little bit to you know try to be able to stop him. And then, gosh, when they you know pull it and run the quarterback, you know, then what do you do? What are you going to do? Um, so I, I I'd like to see. I, I think again, Newberry's got the offense to be able to keep up. Um, it's just uh, I just don't think they have enough defense to be able to. Slow gray down. Yeah, a couple comments here. Uh, Shodi says he doesn't see anybody stopping gray. I think you may be right there. We'll see about that. Uh, Tim says, can Phil Strickland pull the upset and get the state championship one more time? That would be a great story, yeah, Tim. It really would. And You know, I was reading a, an interesting article earlier this week about Coach Strickland and some of his former, you know, games and seasons he's coached in. I read about one time, somebody can correct me, I may be wrong about this, where they played a team late in the playoffs and they ran a completely different offense than they did all year long. <laughs> they switched up to, like, wishbone or flexible out of nowhere, caught the team off guard, and won the ball game to go to state. Great story. And, you know, it may take something like that to beat the War Eagles this Friday night. Yeah, I don't think they – I wouldn't mess with the offense, but maybe <laughs> do that on defense. Maybe do something a little bit different on defense than you haven't done all year. Uh, so, see, he's got another another trick out of sleep. Hey, we, we know, and especially from the way that kids play in the playoffs, they're not going to hold back at all. They're yeah. going to give you everything they got. Yeah, I'm going to go with Gray. I tell you, I do worry a little bit, how do you get back up to that level again? You know, Abbeville yeah. was a big game. They told us last week, Coach Holmes did on the on the uh, interview we had with him, that they had this game circled for a year. I mean, and how can you not if you're Gray Collegiate? Abbeville has won seven out of ten state championships. They're the big dog in two-way. You know, you got to beat those guys to move on. But you get that win, you got to get up again. you got still got still got two more ball games to win. Yeah, and, I mean, I think Newberry and Grand Newberry don't have a choice. You, you want to come out. You want to, you want to make a make a spark pretty quick. But mm-hmm. I think we say that, and it's kind of, it kind of goes the opposite way too. You can get really really up for a game after those first couple of plays. You're just playing football. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know you may get a little lack lack of days cool more so this week than you did last week because it's not Abbeville. I think the first a couple time first time you get hit and you're like okay yeah that we're we're playing football again yeah right. yeah and he's not in and yeah. You do what you do. And I'm sure Coach Holmes has thought about that. He's got the guys ready to roll. And I think Gray wins this one. And I think it may be a little bit closer than 56-29, but I still think Gray by a couple scores here Friday night. I, yeah, I think two or three. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the lower state, the game that Curtis just mentioned about Philip Simmons falling, that set up a matchup between the Barnwell War Horses and the Silver Bluff Bulldogs. A rematch from earlier in the year. Barnwell going on the road to Silver Bluff in a big-time game here, John. First time around... Silver Bluff won this ball game fifty-five to twenty, but that doesn't tell the whole story. <laughs> At halftime, Barnwell had a twenty to fourteen lead, and then proceeded to get outscored forty-one to zero from that point forward. John, did Barnwell do something different this time around? They sure better do something different than they did in that second twenty-four minutes. Um, 
And I think Bonneville is, gosh, they, you talk about the entire state. There might not be a hotter team in the entire state than what Bonneville has been here in the playoffs. Silver Bluff is super good. They are very good. Uh, it might be closer to 56-20 this time around, but I don't think uh, – <laughs> I don't think Silver Bluff's gonna let Barnwell go into the locker room with the lead though this time either. I think uh, on that Silver Bluff side, they're gonna say, "Hey, we can't let those guys get out to a start like they did." Because uh, if you do it again, I don't think you're out scoring forty-one. <laughs> yeah, I think you're gonna be in some real trouble uh, if they go into the locker room and trail Barnwell with the confidence that yep. these these young kids that are too young to play, Cap. <laughs> That's what I tell them. They're, they're too young to play. Well. They're not young anymore. They're yeah. playing some dull, yeah. good football now. Um, I, I think Silver Bluff is a little bit better. Barnwell knocked off a very good Philip Simmons team, 42-27 to last week with a late pick six to kind of seal that one. Um, you know, they've, they've got a really good rushing attack. The Sanford kid can get it done running the ball from the quarterback spot. And then Tyler Smith last week, John, look, he ran it 45 times for 360. Those are KZ numbers. <laughs> that wor- that worries me though. To give a, it's a young kid, to give a kid forty. He's good. He's good, man. Not He's good. Is. He's good. But a uh, big big win for him and, and big run of the ball game for him. And then and then the Pender kid. I'm talking about him coming back from his collarbone injury. He gives him a weapon outside, kind of an X factor that can stretch the field there. And he had the pick six last week for Barnwell Wilson, playing some of both ways there for those guys. Silver Bluff. I mentioned the game against Barnwell where they came out the second half. They did it again last week, too. They were tied 14-all with Sherrall at halftime, go on to win the game 56-14. So, I don't know what Coach D'Angelo Bryant is saying at halftime, but it is working, working, working. Got a comment here that says, Bluff has been second-half juggernaut all season. That's exactly right. Yeah, they, uh, they're playing some great ball second half behind Trayvon Dunbar, a young running back. I think both these guys, Smith and Dunbar, both may, may be sophomores, maybe a sophomore or junior. Junior might be uh, Smith. We'll see there. And they got the McLeod kid playing great ball on the other side of the ball there. Could be a very quick game because of the running attacks there. Yes. I think Barnwell keeps it closer, but I think Silver Bluff's a little bit too much at home. Yeah, and that's uh, I haven't been to a game at Silver Bluff before, mm-hmm. but I've been to Columbia. I've been to Columbia when Silver Bluff played, and man, that is a rowdy, rowdy crowd. I could only imagine the home game there as well. That'll be fun. You know, two teams that know each other very well, being in the region and whatnot. This is going to be a fun matchup, but I think. Silver Bluff of Dunbar has a little too much uh, for Bournemouth. I think they win this game in a, you know, maybe a 17, maybe 14-point game, something like that. I think so, too. Yeah, Rashodi says he's got uh, bluff put, the Bluff put away in the second half. If Bournemouth wins, they need to score almost every time they have the ball. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I think that this can be tough for them to stop Silver Bluff. Well, um, and that's going to be tough against that Silver Bluff defense, too. Exactly right, exactly right. Your comment says, come on down to the dog pound. Man, we need to make a trip for that next. We need to put that, put yes. that on our schedule next year. Make that one in there, John, for sure. For sure. But let's look now down at 1A. The upper state final. We've got Southside Christian, the Sabres, traveling to Lamar to take on the Silver Foxes, John, in a, a matchup. I saw this on, on the pre the pre uh, recap show here. Kind of a matchup versus the new powerhouse in 1A yeah. versus the old powerhouse in 1A here. That's very true. Lamar hosting the game. Tough place to play there. Can the Silver Foxes possibly upset the Sabres? Yeah, I, I just, I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think Lamar, actually I think Lamar, as good as they are, they're just not quite as good as they typically are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Southside is that. Lamar has been, they've won. They've, been, they've, they've kept winning. I think their only loss this year was to Dillon early in the year. Dillon, um, and, uh, they may have kept up one more. Timberland. Timberland, Timberland beat him as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
they played very well and they played very well late. I was very impressed with them pretty much blowing out Rich Springman. That yes, uh, that's a good offense. I did not expect that, yeah. that game to be uh, a 20 point ball game. I thought mm-hmm. that game was going to be a lot closer. But Southside is just, gosh, they're good. They're uh, tough. Uh, Calhoun County been playing really good football. Mm-hmm. Game was even, I mean, they get up six points. You yeah, know, it, it's hard to be competitive when you can only score six points, and, and they do this every week. Uh, they beat Greer this year. Yeah. You know, they probably shouldn't even be playing Greer. Uh, and I, know, I, Greer's, I know Greer's not great this year, but they, you know, they, they whooped up on Greer. I mean, this is just a really, really good football team all around for Southside. A lot of talent, you know, Martin and Goldsmith on offense, and they've got Woodfield and Ashton and Hood on defense. So they've got playmakers all over the field. Uh, looking at Lamar, last week was very impressive to me. You know, that, that win over RSM was a nice win because I was a little bit worried going into that game because two weeks ago, only beating McCormick 14 nothing. I was a little bit worried about the offense there. I was like, mm, is that enough to beat RSM? Because we know they can score with the lead yeah. part kid. But Patrick Anderson got it done on the ground, had, I think, uh, Two touchdowns, maybe two hundred plus. He had a big time game for there, there for them. And I read somewhere they're actually kind of running a couple different offenses. You know, I know the quarterback went out early in the year. They kind of switched more to the the wishbone type deal, and he came back and they spread out, spread out a little bit more. And you got to do some of both now, depending on who's in the game. So that could cause some issues for Southside Christian if they can find one that's working. Yeah, um, kind of be a multiple there with that. Lamar playing at home, like I mentioned, it's a tough place to play. John, these guys are always tough on defense. We know that. I don't know if they've got quite enough firepower to be Southside Christian. Yeah, I, I would be very surprised. But I do think they're well capable of mm-hmm. making this a very competitive game. Uh, and, hey, we talk about every week. When you have a good defense, you can put yourself in any kind of ball game. Yep. Um, so it, 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 I think it's going to be a good game. But, yeah, I do think Southside definitely has the edge, in my opinion. And then looking down in the lower state championship in 1A, Sleeper team all season long, John. C.E. Murray continues to win, and they travel to Bamberg, Earhart. C.E. Murray absolutely demolished Well Branch, 47 to nothing last week. Bamberg beat the, the, the breaks off of Baptist Hill, 33 to 6. Or 37, 33 to 6, yeah. 36. Two games that were not competitive that I really thought would be going into it. Yeah, against two really good teams. Yeah. Um, you know, Well Branch was uh, team of the week for me a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Uh, I thought they were a very, very good team. And C.E. Murray just absolutely – I mean, when when you're in this level of the playoffs and you shut someone out, yeah, that's scary. That yeah. is very scary. Um, but, gosh, Danberg Earhart, Baptist Hill have been playing really, mm-hmm. really good football. They came into the playoffs as the number three team in the state behind only Southside and Bamberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly last Friday, the gap between them and Bamberg Earhart is – very, very wide. Uh, I think oof, he could go against Bamberg. I don't know. Can he? We'll see. We'll see. The Warriors are playing great ball. You know, Coach Smith's doing a great job there. The quarterback, Tyree Prunes, is a big-time player. I saw Curtis mention him a second ago. He can really run it very well. Uh, they got a couple of guys who can move it, like uh, Porter and, and uh, uh, Amani Myers. Or, or sorry, Amon Myers. Those guys can really, really fly around the field there. And I, I love Prunes. Big-time player there. But Bamberg, man, we, we know what they can do. You know, I know they lost their quarterback going to the playoffs. That was a big storyline early in the playoffs. They've really done well without him. They've ran the ball with Folk and Banks. And the defense, John, they've always had a great defense Bamberg. We know that. To shut out a Baptist Hill team that throws it all across the yard, to shut them down to six points last week, very impressive. I know we talked about some games that could be quick this week. This one may be very quick <laughs> as well with a lot of game yeah. spent on the ground. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, gosh, and that Bamberg defense just been been on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, they got probably one of the toughest draws in the playoffs. They had to start playoffs off yeah. against Anapamplica. Yeah, a very good team. A really good team that was playing really good football at the time, too. Uh, and that's been their closest competition mm-hmm. in the playoffs. That was a, a close one-score game. And since then, they've just been absolutely rolling. Uh, but gosh, if there's anyone that is playing as hot as them right now, it's C.E. Murray. Yep. Um, this could be a really good game. I just don't know. I don't know that C.E. Murray can bring it like that two weeks in a row. Yeah, I want to circle back to what that Hannah Pimpico game mentioned there. Um, one thing we got a comment here from Rashad Williams says, C.E. Murray has two very big receivers. That's, that's right. And, you know, you think about what Hannah Pimpico does. They can kind of swing around, swing around the yard a little bit. They can run it, but they're also kind of multiple. They can get it out in space and whatnot. C.E. Murray can do something kind of similar. They gave Bamberger Hart some problems during the playoffs, Sean. This is the type of offense that can do it, but they're going to need a very, very big performance from Prunes to make it happen. I think I've got to lean. Actually, I'll take a C. Murray. Okay. I changed my mind. Right. I, I, like, I love All Quincy right. Bias. I love Coach Crosby there at Bamberg. I'm going to go to C. Murray. They're playing such great football right now. A lot of different pieces of an offense that I like a lot, and the defense, I think, that will be the key in this one. You talked yourself into it. I, I have. Like it. I have. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Uh, comment here where Shady says, "Don't be surprised if Murray wins, but Bamberg defense is strong. Yes, they they always are. You know, they're, the, yeah. they're always tough, and they're back even to the the Bowers and the Sap days, and even before that, they've always been tough down there. But I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go see Murray here pulling the upset. Doing a circle back, a couple comments here about uh, Lamar and Southside Christian. Where Shady says, "Lamar with the upset. I hope. Lol. Uh, Tom, Thomas says he hopes so too. Southside Christian only had 48 points scored against them all year. Exactly. I think nobody except for, I think, Greer scored more than a touchdown against them, I believe. Um, somebody may have in the playoffs. You got it there, John. I don't know if you have it or not. Um, their playoff route for Southside Christian. Uh, C.A. Johnson scored 14. 14. There we go. <laughs> so they scored 14, and then uh, Greer scored, I think, 17, 18. And th- but uh, it's going to be a really good ball game in one. I mean, all these teams are good at this point. And then I did mention this about C.E. Murray and Bamberg. Uh, so rematch from last year. And Kenyon, the wire last year in that game as well. Uh, Rashad mentioned that. It kind of reminded me of it. I like C.E. Murray in an upset here, but that will be a very, very fun ball game to watch Friday night. John, uh, let's give one more shout-out here to our friends over at the George Agency, Bradley, Wayne, Richard, and... Oh, we got to. I'll give. I'll give back. I'll, I'll do the read first. Bradley, Wayne, Richard, and the crew—they can help you all across the state of South Carolina with your insurance needs. Whether it's uh, you need it for your small business or you need it for for yourself, if your company doesn't offer insurance, if you're a seasonal employee, whatever it is, check them out at georgeac.net. Bradley, Wayne, Richard, and the crew serving serving Carolinas for over 40 years. Offices all across the state can help you all across the state. So definitely give them a buzz and and chat with them. Then our friends over Security Advantage Federal Credit Union. They have a clear purpose to serve their financial lives of their members. They offer much lower loan rates and don't charge to feed other banks to. Whatever your personal journey, Security Advantage is here to offer you a smart financial solution. Join today at securityadvantage.com. Win at banking, thrive at life, member NCUA. Sorry, I got choked up there. The comment from Marvin Curse. He says, wow, you picked C.E. Murray. They will lose and lose big. Hey, man, won't be the first time I've been wrong. I've gotten a lot of them wrong this year, so won't be surprised at all. But it should be a fun ball game. I appreciate you guys tuning in and commenting there, John. I do want to, one more thing before we get out of here. Not a preview anymore, but I do want to uh, shout out the scores of the Skeezer State Championships from last week. In 3A, Skeezer Hammond knocked out Trinity Collegiate 48-15, to a game that kind of surprised me there. Both really good running backs, Hammond, Caper, Stokes going to Michigan. 
Trinity's got a guy who was committed to Buffalo. He actually decommitted from there and said, look at some other options now. In two way, Hilton Head Christian shut out, or sorry, shut down Williamsburg 34 to 7. Big win there for Hilton Head Christian. And then 1A, Thomas Hayward took down Robert E. Lee 35 to 13 in the Skiza State Championships there. Some good ball games there and uh, down in Charleston last week. Mark says, I do love y'all's commentation. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you tuning in. You know, we, we try to have fun with it. So we've been wrong a lot, but it's, it's fun to talk about it. I mean, it's, I love the interaction because where else you can talk about high school football? I know else is doing something like this. So we appreciate you guys tuning in and, and comment with us here. But like I said, if this is you guys' first time, we appreciate you being here. Like our page, like our post, share it, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Move and Change, M-O-B-I-N-C-H-A-I-N-S. We do this. We do a preview show every Tuesday night. We'll have one next Tuesday for the state championships as well. We do a recap show on Sunday. That comes out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and whatever whatever platform you're your podcast on. We also do interviews throughout the year. We just had some more one with Coach Adam Holland from Gray last week. We've had Powderfield's head coach on there, Robert Muster, Clinton, D.C., Ethan Campbell, uh, PD, uh, Office Coordinator Kyle Drew, and more. So definitely check out that stuff. And then just follow us everywhere as we do different things. We do more scores on Twitter, more pictures on Instagram, more videos like this here on Facebook. So check us out on all of our platforms. John, I've talked enough here. I know I know. Uh, you got some good comments on this weekend. Give them to us. I tell you what, I'm really excited. I think 3A and 1A is what I'm really excited about. Let's mm-hmm. see how good Dylan is. Camden Dylan at Zimp is really, really cool. Does Chester have anything for Daniel? It's going to be awesome. And then Southside Lamar. That's the matchup you want. A lot of that's big the matchup games. you want. And, and, and hey, let's even it a little bit and play the game down a Lamar. That's right. I love it. I We're going to last year's Upper State Championship game. So I love, love to see that again. But a lot of great fo- football to be played this week. Let us be the first to wish you and your family happy Thanksgiving. I'm going to get that off the, off the, out of the way right now. But definitely uh, send us your pictures and your scores and your comments from games you guys are at. We obviously can't be everywhere. So definitely keep us updated on those. And um, anything else, Sean, before we get out of here for the week? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I know everybody's going to be ready to get out of the house a little bit Friday night. Go to a game. Uh, if you're at Camden Dillon, look for me. Love to say hey, see what's up. Um, hopefully right. we'll have a real, real good game down there in Zip Friday. You know, gosh, I, I wish I could, again, I wish I could multiply and get it about three or four different games. So you guys help us out there and get us some games and let us know what's going on. That's right. Derek says, let's go Lamar. I can't believe I just said that. Ha, ha, ha. That'll be fun to see how that one turns out for sure. But for John Epstein, Kevin Thomas has been your round four upper state and lower state preview show moving the chains and we will catch you guys next week for some state championship previews.